Praise God. I'm really excited and honored to be up here tonight. You know, if you had asked me about a month ago if I would ever, ever speak in the church, it would have been a very rapid and definite no, that <laughs> this is not my comfort zone. You know, my comfort zone is praise and worship on stage, but I promise not to break into song and turn this into a musical, but... You know, at times, God draws us out and really just, you know, when we say, Lord, here I am, use me, he asks us to do things that sometimes do, you know, cause us to come out of our comfort zone. And I've really had something on my heart that, you know, I've wanted to share it, something that God has really helped me to overcome, I feel like. And so tonight, what I want to talk to you about is, what are you focusing on? You know, so often in life, situations happen, and they may be negative situations or things that are hard that you run into, and how you react to that situation is going to be determined by what you were focusing on. You know, when Nathan and I first got married, he was in the military, he was in the Army, and I was so proud. You know, my father was in the Air Force, so of course I'm very patriotic, that's how he raised me, you know, go military. And um, so I was a really proud wife. And when he, you know, when we got married, two months later, he deployed for a year. And that was the hardest year of my life. And I was so focused on the negative things. I was focused on, I was depressed. I didn't eat. And I was lonely. And I was worried about him, you know, being overseas and possibly getting hurt. And I just realized going through that situation, you know, and some of you may think, well, it's normal, you know, he's gone, that's normal to, you know, miss him. But, you know, a lot of times what the world thinks is normal is doesn't have to be our normal. For us Christians, when we go through a situation like that, we can have joy. When the world says, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be sad, you know, your husband's gone, we can have peace that passes all understanding. And I'm not talking about joy and peace when the situation's resolved. No, I'm talking about joy and peace right in the middle of the situation. When you don't see what your answer is, when you don't see how there could be any positive outcome, you can have joy and peace in the situation. And, you know, a lot of times when we do focus on a problem, that's when we start to feel overwhelmed and when it becomes magnified. And I don't know, maybe you've come tonight, maybe you're currently going through something that, you know, is challenging to you, or maybe you're going, or you recently went through something and you think, man, you know, I, I didn't handle that like, like you're talking about. And so I'm really glad that you're here tonight because we're going to talk about how you can change your focus. We're going to talk about how you can have joy and how you can have peace. So if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Numbers 21, 4 through 9, now, this is the story about the Israelites. Now, I know everyone knows the Israelites were going through the desert, and I'm sure they were tired. They were tired of walking. They were hungry. They were hot. You know, I can't go to the grocery store for an hour without my children telling me that they either have to go potty, that they're hungry, that they're thirsty, or, Mom, this is boring. So, And that's an hour. So I can't imagine what Moses was dealing with with the Israelites. So let's go ahead and read 21, 4 through 9. It says, They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. 
But the people grew impatient on the way, and they spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. So, you know, sounds like my kids on a trip to Walmart. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. And I just want to say real quick right here as a side note, you know, the Israelites asked to be under the law. They wanted the law. And so when they broke the law, there were consequences to that. Just like today, if we break the law, there's consequences. And so it says, They bit the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, he lived. So I just kind of want to set the scene here for you. You know, so often we read stories in the Bible, and I don't know if you're like me and you grew up in church, it's almost like you become desensitized to him. Like, oh, sure, a whale swallowed Jonah, or Daniel was in the lion's den, and he didn't get eaten. But these stories are magnificent. So I want you to picture the Israelites. You're Israelites. And someone comes in and drops a truckload of poisonous snakes. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not particularly fond of snakes. So I imagine that I would be trying to go to a high surface. I imagine 98% of you would be going on your chairs. I imagine there'd be some screaming, possibly by some of our very brave men hitting octaves that we've never heard before. <laughs> but, so the Israelites were here and all of these snakes were coming at them. They were biting them and so people were focusing. They saw the snakes, they saw that they got bitten, and they saw that they were dying. Well, the Lord offered an alternative. He said, you construct a pole with a bronze serpent on it and if you look at it, you're gonna live. Well, that sounds easy enough, right? But if you look in verse 9, it says that they were still getting bitten. So it's not like they constructed the pole and then all of the snakes went back to the Edom Zoo. That didn't happen. They were still biting them. And I'm sure it was painful. I'm sure that it was hard. But, you know, if they focused on the pole, then they lived. And the pole in this story represents Jesus, and the snake represents our problem. You know, so often... Those things happen just like with the Israelites, and we're so focused on the negativity and what's happening around us that it becomes magnified. I'm sure it was utter pandemonium, you know, for the Israelites. But when we focus on Jesus, when we really, during a problem that's hard, if we keep our focus on him, we won't feel so overwhelmed. And, you know, sometimes some of you might think, well, if I just, if I just had a little bit more faith, you know, if I had a little more faith, I think I would be able to overcome this situation. But, you know, sometimes what we think is a faith issue is really just a focus issue. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes what we think is a faith issue is really just a focus issue. You know, I meant to bring it with me. I don't know if any of you have ever seen a mustard seed. I'm sure all of our cooks in here have. It's very tiny. I forgot it, but I did remember my children, so I think that counts for something. But this, the Bible says in Matthew 17:20, it says, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Be thou cast into the sea. And 
a mustard seed is very tiny. And I don't know about you, I personally don't have any physical mountains that I need moved. Probably mountains of laundry, but not any physical mountains. So why, why did Jesus say that we could move a mountain? None of us need to move a mountain. Well, think about how physically impossible it would be to uproot a mountain and move it in the sea. I mean, I think all of our problems and everything that we've ever come up against would probably fall into the category of being a little easier than uprooting a mountain. And so I think Jesus covered all of our issues and all of our problems when he said, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you're going to be good. So some of you are saying, okay, well, well, I know that I have faith at least as small as a mustard seed, so why am I having so many issues? Why am, why am I having a problem in this situation? Well, what are you focusing on? I, I don't know. We have this contraption in our garage. I had to Google it. My husband made it. It's called an exercise sled. He uses it on purpose. I, I'm slightly allergic to weightlifting and any sort of resistance training. I definitely would not do that by choice. But apparently, having watched him, you connect this strap around your waist, and you're pulling against the weight that you're resisting. And, you know, so often, that's what we do in situations. It's like we're voluntarily strapping you know, our situation, the negative issues, and we're just focusing, we're looking back and we're focusing on what's going wrong instead of, you know, focusing on Jesus. Um, it's a lot like walking forward while you're looking back. I don't know if any of you have tried it, and I really don't recommend it. Um, kind of dangerous. But, you know, one time at the grocery store, and I know a lot of my examples are in the grocery store. My family likes to eat. I'm sure some of you can relate. So, I've got lots of boys. <laughs> so we were walking in the grocery store, and Easton was walking beside me. He's the big one, so he has to walk. And he kept looking over at me while I was pushing the cart. And I noticed that there was a pole in the aisle up ahead, and he, he was not looking ahead. He was watching me the whole time. And I kept thinking, oh, he's going to turn around. He's going to look. Sure enough, we, we walk a little further, and about a split second before the pole came, he didn't turn around, and I yelled, Easton! And sure enough, bam, face right into the pole. Not one of my prouder mom moments, I'll admit. And, you know, it's funny, but a lot of times we get distracted by the negative things in life. You know, situation happens, and we want to go forward, but we keep looking behind us, and we keep looking at why the situation's hard, or why it's painful, or what's going wrong in the situation. Instead, we need to focus on Jesus and we need to trust in him that he is taking care of us. You know, there's a story in the Bible. It's Matthew 14, 25 through 31, if you'd like to turn there. And this is when Jesus fed the 5,000 and then he and the disciples parted and they went ahead and crossed the lake and Jesus was coming out to meet them. So let's read in Matthew 14, 25 through 31. And it says, During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. You know why I love this right here? Is because I think so often we read stories in the Bible with the disciples and we think, Oh, they were so magnificent. They did miracles and they walked with Jesus. And, you know, really, 
they were just normal like us. I mean, I'm sure most of us would have screamed if we thought there was a ghost. And I think God just does little reminders to say, see, you're, you're well able, you're capable. And so they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? So what happened in verse 29 when Peter got out of the boat? It says he saw Jesus and he walked toward him. So he got out of the boat and he started walking toward Jesus, no problem. But when did he start to sink? He started to sink when he saw the wind and when he saw the waves, when he saw the negative issues in his situation. You know, I fully believe that if he had kept his eyes on Jesus, he would have been able to walk to him and walk all the way back in the boat. And so what did Jesus say to him? What, what kind of faith did Jesus say he had? He said, oh, you of little faith. You know, I used to kind of think, man, that's a little harsh. I mean, he was the disciple who got out of the boat. Let's give him a little credit, you know. But then as I read that and really, you know, studied it, what kind of faith did he have? Little faith. So when he got out of the boat, he had a little bit of faith. And with that little bit of faith, he was able to start to walk towards Jesus. So it wasn't his faith that caused him to sink it was his focus. It was when he started to doubt, when he started to look at the wind, and when he started to look at the waves. That is when he started to sink. So what are you focusing on? What situations are you dealing with? Maybe it's your finances or your bills, or maybe it's your career or your job. Maybe you've gotten laid off or you want a better job. Or maybe it's your marriage or your relationships. Maybe it's your children. You know, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When my boys were little, they did this thing where they would say, Mommy, I've got a present for you. And usually it was a special little toy or something. And they'd come and they'd give it to me. And I'd hold it for about five seconds and they'd say, Okay, thank you. Thanks, Mommy. And they understand now the concept of presents. But back then they really didn't. And that's funny, but, you know, sometimes that's what we do with God. We, we give God our situation and, and our issues. We say, okay, God, you know, I'm giving this to you. Say our, our job, you get laid off from your job. I thank you, Lord, that I've got a job. I've got a job that pays great with good benefits. And then all of a sudden we start thinking, oh, but you know what? What I do, you know, there's really no availability in Pueblo for that. And and without realizing it, we're taking back that present, like my boys did. We're taking back that care, that anxiety, that stress that we already gave to God. We need to give it to him and let him keep it. You know, there are no exceptions to what he's capable of handling. God doesn't hear about your situation and, and then say, oh, you've, you've got a child on drugs. You had me until the drugs part. You know, we're kind of having a little unemployment issues with the angels up here ourselves. So when that tightens up, uh, we'll get back to you. No, God, there's no exceptions. 
There are no exceptions. God is well able if we trust him, if we focus on him. But when we take our focus off of him, that's when it's like we're getting bitten by the snakes or we start to drown like Peter or it's like we're attaching that exercise sled to us and it's dragging us back because that's when the negative issues start to overwhelm us. You know, if you need to, when you're going through these situations, speak it out loud. Write it down so you'll see, so you're constantly reminded. It's very normal to run into a situation and have to repeat it multiple times a day. No, no, I think you when Nathan deployed four times after that one year, and I did do better with the other four times, but... You know, he was constantly in danger, and I had to constantly give that to, to the Lord. When a thought would come into my mind where I was worried, nope, I thank you, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you that you have your angels round about him, that my husband is coming home. And I tell you, he has testimonies, which hopefully he gets to share with some of you, but he's come home with bullet holes in his pants and not a scratch on him. And I tell you what, I know that God was protecting him. You know, God is just amazing. And that's what I did. I spoke it out loud. So it doesn't matter if it's your finances or your career or your marriage or your children, whatever it is. And those are just some of the things that come up against us. Whatever it is, you give it to God and he is fully able to handle it. You know, a lot of times, I don't know if you've seen, I live in Pueblo West and so there's horses out there. And they'll be going by the road and they have blinders on the horses so that, you know, if something crazy happens that the horse doesn't react negatively. That's what we need to do in life. We need to put blinders so that it doesn't matter what's happening around us. It doesn't matter what is happening, who is saying anything. It does not matter because you are focused on Jesus. And, you know, God is well able. He Don't be fazed by your circumstances. So... I don't know if anyone's going through anything tonight, but if you are, I'd like for you to just picture it in your mind right now. God knows. You don't have to write it down. You can if you want to, but we're going to pray because we're family, and so we're going to pray over your situation. We're going to agree together, and you're going to have joy, and you're going to have peace, and you know what? It's going to be a great testimony. It's going to bless someone else, someone who's going through something. It's going to bless them and cause them to see, you know what? Praise God. Because you know what, I myself just recently had gone through something financial, and the moment that it happened, my first response was, thank you, Father God, that you have control over that. Do you know how freeing that was? When honestly, even a year ago, there were times things would happen, and I would cry, or I'd get angry, or... No, I didn't react that way this time. And that's how God wants us to react to situations every time. That's why, what are you focusing on? So if you'll just bow your heads, we're going to go ahead and pray. Oh, thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for everyone here. We just praise you that these are all your children, Lord, and you see them. You know what they're going through, Father. You know the circumstances, maybe recently, or what they're currently going through, and you even know what's to come, Father. And I just praise you, Father, as we cast our care on you, we give you our anxiety, our stress, our worries in any situation, if it's financial, if it's about a job, if it's about our marriage, our relationship, if it's about our children. I thank you, Father. You are well able to handle all of it. 
And I just thank you, Father God, that as we're going through these situations, that we will have joy, a joy that is exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, and a peace that passes all understanding, no matter what the world may say. And I thank you that it will be a testimony, a testimony to share, not so we can brag, but so that you will be lifted up, Father, so that people will know that you are a good Father. We praise you for that, Father God, and I just thank you for strengthening everyone here, that no matter what may come, we will stand strong, Father, and we will be like the horse with the blinders, and we will focus on you. We love you, Father, and thank you. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen.